word that fundraisers don't enjoy hearing from donors is a word that fundraisers need to use when leading up within their nonprofit organization. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Rochelle Jerry. Rochelle is a senior leader in the nonprofit sector with extensive fundraising experience at the local, state, and national level, and has an important story to tell us today about the proper use of the word no. And Rochelle, in our leadership certificate at the fundraising school, we teach that the most important word for leadership is no, because when you're an effective leader, people bring you ideas, and you have to choose the correct ideas. And even though as fundraisers, we're not happy when we hear that word from donors, this is a word that we need to use when leading up to our CEO and to our board of directors. And I know you've experienced this in your extensive fundraising career. What can we learn? Hi, Bill. Thank you to you and Indiana University the Fundraising School for having me here. And uh, as a seasoned fundraising fundraising professional and uh, working many years with board of directors in various roles, uh, I will say recognizing that board of directors have many passions and are professionally driven. And that's why they're sitting on your board. So they will always have great ideas. And as a professional fundraiser, it is our role to outline the strategic steps of any campaign or appeal and the importance of saying no, whether it's a last minute request. Uh, for example, Given Tuesday is a a great fundraising global day that everyone loves to participate in. Lots of ideas come forward. And sometimes you have to say no to some of those last minute requests that come in where your board members will say, yo, Rochelle, I have a great idea. Let's do this tomorrow. <laughs> and you may have to explain that these campaigns and appeals don't just happen overnight and that it takes time to develop um, great marketing and appealing content, uh, identifying your donor base, uh, looking at the trends of what you're able to do, uh, especially in the new world of fundraising we're dealing with where you're always in a crisis and how do you identify your calls and how do you identify that well? And uh, I think when you are in that boardroom and you are tasked with outlining your campaigns and appeals, it is very important what to say yes to and what to say no to. And keep in mind all of the people on your staff or your colleagues who are also involved in executing that idea. Rochelle, the first part of your comment that I want to call out is you celebrated our board members. Isn't it great that we have people who care about our nonprofit and are passionate about our nonprofit and are thinking about our nonprofit and bringing forward these ideas? That's a good thing, right? That is a wonderful thing. And how do you capture that? And how do you keep the essence of that passion going? Uh, so you record everything. You, you record all those ideas and you enthusiastically say, we may not be able to implement this right now, but I love your idea. Let's see how we can flush this out and think this through and who will lead the charge. Sometimes that board member is the one who will match that donation, who will record that video for you. So you can send out that email that will say, this is a great idea. This is a great cause. Um, but let's think it through a little bit and get some time on their calendars to say, hey, I heard you. 
I want to talk more about it. Who else is interested in talking through this idea? So we may not be able to do it right away, but let's see how we can capture all of your great ideas and see what we can do in the future. And I know, again, through your extensive fundraising career with, with several organizations, you had one in particular where some board members had some ideas, but we were heading into a holiday weekend and staff is already dispersing for that holiday and you had to find the right professional way to say no. How did you go about doing that? Uh, I think it's important to outline uh, that it's not just you. Uh, sometimes uh, board members or committee members, if you work with a development committee or a fundraising committee, uh, they see you all the time, speak to you on a regular basis on receiving updates of fundraising activities and appeals and sponsorships, then they may not realize that there are other people who work along with you to execute uh, those campaigns and appeals. Um, so I think reminding them that it's not just you, um, no one is superhuman and can execute everything all the time. Uh, so it's super important to say, um, it is a holiday coming up and we cannot, we cannot execute uh, that last minute end of year appeal or given Tuesday appeal because our staff has already dispersed for the holiday weekend and we just don't have internal structure to support that at this time. How was that received? Was it received in a stressful way, in an acrimonious way? Was there tension? Was it received well? How did that relationship continue when the holiday weekend was over and other conversations happened about fundraising in the subsequent days and months? What response did you receive? Uh, I think, well, the, in my case, the response was um, sometimes your boss can override you mm -hmm. and say, uh, that's okay, Rochelle, we'll go ahead and try and do this uh, for them. And what do you do then? Um, and so you have to sort of take a step back. And even though you know the outcome and you know this won't be received well, uh, you sort of have to sit back and let it um, fall by the wayside. And that's not always easy to do, uh, but be ready to say, you know what? It didn't work. You know, no one was in the office to execute these ideas and uh, have your data ready that you know what this isn't the right time to do this i know you, and this is in your example of managing up um you know so when someone overrides you and say nope we're going to do this then have your data ready so when they come back to you and say uh, mostly you won't get that you were right conversation um however you will receive a um some sort of uh, follow-up conversation. So just slide in those trends and data stats uh, that you already have uh, um, in your back pocket where you can say, this is how I would approach this in the future. Uh, so you don't step on any toes as you are speaking to, whether it's your boss, the chair of a committee, the board chair or the CEO, um, because you know all of the delicate pieces it takes to implement um, such ideas. And so when that happens, uh, you just have to be ready to have that professional conversation so you can move forward. Rochelle's wonderful experience and the story that she's telling us fits into a key point that we teach in the Fundraising School's Certificate in Fundraising Leadership. And candidly, that's the power dynamic within organizational culture. 
Uh, obviously, the CEO has the ultimate what's called legitimate authority. They have the final decision making authority. The CEO reports to a board of directors, which has the ultimate legal authority over the organization and the strategic governance oversight responsibility. And fundraisers rarely, if ever, are in that top seat or one of those top seats. And so fundraisers need to lead up to the CEO and lead up to the board of directors, as Rochelle is explaining for us here. And Rochelle, you know, you know, there's hard power, that ability to just make the decision. And then there's soft power. And soft power comes from our expertise, comes from the information that we have that our people we report to don't have. And our referent power, meaning people can refer to us as a key team member who's all in for the organization. When we discussed soft power when you were in our course, you know, how, how does that help you frame, you know, this experience? You know, like what expertise do you have? What information do you have? And, and how do you try to cultivate that referent power for these times when you need to lead up? Absolutely. And that course is such a great course. Um, it teaches you um, uh, humble humbleness and um, there's some great examples of soft power and how to communicate uh, your trends, your stats, your giving power uh, and how to communicate that with passion and intent. Um, and so when you have that opportunity to speak to your committee leaders, your board members, your, your bosses, uh, whoever you report to regarding fundraising um, up, uh, updates and trends, uh, be prepared to always speak and project yourself that I am the expert on this and I have attended the courses, I have analyzed the trends, I have analyzed our own donor base and uh, I am for certain that this campaign will work or will not work and have your percentages ready. And I think if you always speak from that place, uh, you will always have that soft power um, leading up to that hard power because the board members are going to be uh, powerful uh, if they have the ear of the CEO or your boss, if they say, and they want to push you aside and say, uh, I don't know, I think we can do it. I have five people who can match my donation, we can do this by tomorrow. Um, it's gonna be hard to say no. Uh, and I think if you stand your ground after it's said and done, it may seem hard in those moments, but after it's said and done, you will have the respect, you will have the professional authority. And when someone else has another great idea, they will come to you and say, what does Rochelle think? What does Bill think? I want to know how we look as far as creating or crafting this idea. We celebrate our board members and their passion. At times, though, we need to say no, and we need to draw upon that soft power that we have information and expertise about fundraising and fund development that the board members don't have, and our referent power. They've seen that this is not about us trying to win an argument. It's about the well-being of the organization and that we're a team player. And Rochelle, to help us do this, how important is it in, in your view for the chief development officer to be included in board meetings? How important is that? It's very important. If your organization um, has any sort of fundraising campaigns or appeals on an annual basis and you count on that revenue, it is important to understand your donor base and that starts with your board of directors. 
and uh, having uh, some synergy with your chief fundraiser, uh, whether they're a solo fundraiser or have a development staff, uh, it is important to understand uh, uh, what that looks like. And your board of directors represent your organization. They are the leaders of the organization. So hearing them, understanding them will help you when you are analyzing your information, it will help you understand why your members or leaders or your community are completing those surveys the way they are, how they feel, um, because your board of directors are your, your leading professionals in understanding everything from your survey data to your community activities, your fundraising activities. Uh, They're the ones who will give you that insight and having those conversations with them and not just updates on stats and numbers, and but, but truly understanding what people want and what it is they want to do. And I think outlining that on a regular basis is key to any organization. And when we do so, when we have that presence, then we can share our expertise, we can share our information, and we can build those relationships that provide that referent power. And we're pouring grease into the gears, or some people say weaving the threads together for a strong fabric for the organization uh, when we're able to do that. And this also speaks, the wisdom that Rochelle is sharing with us today, to the professional stance. We, we teach this in our very first class, Principles and Techniques of Fundraising, that fundraising is a profession. Uh, and this is part of the management process and needs to be woven into everything the organization is doing. It's not standalone. It is integral to the success of the nonprofit. Uh, and what we're learning today and being affirmed by Rochelle is to have that professional stance, including the ability to say no and to say no in the right ways. Uh, you're getting a glimpse into our coursework here at the fundraising school. We have more than 20 public courses. Uh, our headquarters city is Indianapolis, but we're offering more and more in-person courses across the United States and more cities all the time. That said, we're also very interested in seeing you online, either in live online courses or so-called asynchronous when the courses are recorded and you can take them on your schedule. Same content, same certificates, either in person or online. We also have custom training where we can bring tailor-made training to your nonprofit anywhere in the United States or across the world. We have quarterly webinars and of course these free podcasts that come out each week. All the information is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Thanks to our guest today, Rochelle Jerry, a senior leader in the philanthropic sector, sharing her wisdom and experience with us. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakavich, and now you are now more fully up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.